My name is Hunter McIntyre. I'm a 10-time world champion, six-time world record holder, Sports Illustrated 50 fittest people in the world, and Morningwood Radio is all of the energy of that and some more. I get to connect with people that have the same exact feelings. I want to know what got them where they were going, how they woke up in the morning today, what they're going to do the rest of the day, and how everybody else can improve by learning these lessons. Let's go, dude. Uh, dude, listen, Morning Wood Radio I'm, I'm... Live. We are Labor Day Special coming to you live 3.30 p.m. on the Pacific Coast. I think we may have met a man that has matched your jawline. What do you think about that? Nah, dude. I'm coming right out from the start saying that's a bitch mustache. And Ooh. you got a tiny head, so it makes your jaw look bigger. All right? We all know <laughs> that your face is fucked. <laughs> I was in the cabin in the woods. That's not what you were saying. You were licking this mustache, getting up on that. Yeah. Dude, don't yeah. tell me you're wearing one of those aura rings right now to track your, your heart rate variability. When did you become a pussy? Oh, mate. <laughs> I <hate> it. <laughs> what are you tracking, though? What are you even learning about yourself that's so critical that you need dude. to wear a ring? Women wear rings. I'm just tracking how long the mustache is because this is a work of art. This tells me how hungry my mustache is, how much it wants the boys and the girls. So you know how it is. God, that's a good point, dude. How much flavor have you left on it from the last meal? So you could just go up and 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 get a little taste before your next meal. You're like, mmm, that was good. I might go back to that a little bit later. You know when you're cooking on a barbecue and you just you go to clean it and you leave that little layer of fat? That's like mm. top. I've got I've got <laughs> food from Christmas too. It's just simmering. I'm just worried. Am I? Do I have shit service? Are you guys picking up on me? Because you guys have a little bit of a, a little slowness it, to you. The the delay. I I think I, I'm just talking directly into the mic. You're talking directly into the mic. I think Homeboy's using the microphone on his laptop, and there might be like a second delay on. Yeah, dude. Australians. You know, here in America, we don't use uh like copper wire and fucking chicken scratch shit to you know. <laughs> basically get our relays out there we actually have satellites in the sky now it's pretty impressive i'm assuming that you guys use egg cartons and tin foil to make satellites out of down there no we just we just use kangaroo mail so we just get our kangaroos and whatever we need we we ride it on a little bit deeper, and the kangaroo takes it off but the koalas get them so it's a it's, a <laughs> it's like kind of like harry potter <laughs> yeah pretty much wizards you know what's going on <laughs> i got in a fight with the Australian chick um a couple months back we were all hanging out at the bar chatting each other up and this chick was trying to shit on America she's like y'all have a bunch of guns you're so dangerous and I was like don't make me remind you that Australian is a prisoner camp you are <laughs> the entire country you, your entire country is just a civilization built off of criminals being stuck on an <laughs> island because Great Britain didn't want to deal with you guys you're monsters and we're over here. Yeah. We may own pistols, but we're not monsters. <laughs> hey, you got crazy over there. Yeah. I mean, listen, dude, if anybody's going to do crazy, America does everything the best. So we're going to take that category too. And we're going to max it out. I love America. I mean, every time I've been there, I've had the best trip ever. And I think you guys get a bad rap, but I think it's just, I mean, more of the people that travel around and, Whenever I'm there, I mean, you guys go to the the last degree and everything, and it's crazy. But I mean, I love it. Thank you, thank you. I'll I'll spread it around and say that we just got a vote from Australia because usually we don't get a vote from anybody. 
I was hanging out with um whenever I'm over in London, everyone just thinks that we're nuts. The whole world thinks we're nuts. It's kind of sad. But what do you where, where are they getting that perception from though? Just like the oh, news and media? The or like do, have they actually the spent some time with an Americano? No, it's just it's just the internet. Like nobody most of these people have never been to America. I think they all assume that we have guns on our hips, which doesn't help that I have a gun next to me right now. I've been cleaning out my closet. Wait for this thing. Is that, is that the Dirty Harry gun? Look at this fucking cannon. Yeah. So... I think that they assume that we just have guns on us at all times or we're running around. This, have you seen mm -hmm. the movie Dirty Harry? Yeah. <laughs> this, this is his pistol. So if you come over, dude, and Let you fuck question. around with me, next to my bed, I have a machete. And the other side of my bed, I have an axe. And in my closet. Do you have that's enough? why it's. Let me what? ask you, punk. Do you feel lucky? Yeah. Do you feel lucky? So that's why I'm assuming that they think that most Americans are crazy because there's people like me on the internet that make us look bad. But in reality, like I have a BB gun and I killed a bird when a duck when I was younger and I've never killed anything since. Like I'm a total pussy. Yeah. The fact that I, I own a pistol is, yeah, you can't do it. I mean, I haven't, I want to go hunting and, and do the whole, you know, do your meat so you don't go to the, the, you know, the grocery store and know where it comes from, but I haven't done it yet, but I think we all should. I just couldn't walk around shooting people in the day. Yeah. So tell me from a cultural standpoint, I mean, like the only, only idea of what I have from Australia growing up was watching Croc Dundee. <laughs> and then I visited Crikey. and I was, I was extremely Crikey. disappointed. I went to Melbourne and it was like the same thing as the United States. I was expecting that there'd be like kangaroos, in like bar fights with gigantic knives at all times. And none of that happened. Like culturally, I was a little disappointed, just slightly. I think you've just gone to the wrong places. Like you've got to go to the outback. If you go up north to Darwin, like you'll be walking around and there'll be 10 foot crocodiles, you know, just trying to take your feet off and six foot castle birds that they're pretty much like if you see a cassowary just run because that thing's just going to rip the shit out of you. Um, That's that big but, bird? Yeah, the, look up a cassowary. It's like this six-foot bird with – it's like a velociraptor, but it's somehow Ooh. survived Australia. And pretty – I think they kill the most uh, people in the world for, from bird-wise. So are you saying the Jurassic Park characters and the and the, all the birds and everything were referenced off of what they found in Australia? Probably. I think so. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, we got a couple people here. We got Kenneth DeLapp. He says, yo, Gavin Younes. He says, Hunter. Another guy says, they hate us because they ain't us. That's damn true. That's damn true. Um, oh, Matt Mason. Homeboy's out in uh, California right now celebrating his anniversary. No? No. No. Congratulations. Uh, come have some beer. Come. Actually, I'm going sober, guys. I'm going sober until September 20th. Pretty excited. Go. Alan, that's three weeks. That's big. That's probably the longest stretch I've done in 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 six, good three four months. That's because what's your blood alcohol concentration been for the past like past what month? Be two point Well, Ryan has connections to the company credit cards, and um, 
when I go out drinking, <laughs> it's for business. Uh, and it's just charges. I mean, I admittedly so. We are like usually what happens is we go on a gym tour and then afterwards everyone wants to drink. Like nobody's like, oh, cool, thanks. Thanks for learning about fitness. They're like, no, we're, we want to get fucked up. And like no one takes it easy. Like our at our party that we had, like our one-year anniversary party for Builder, I threw up all over the place because I tried to chug out chug this one girl. I told her I could drink two beers before she finished one. And I got through one and a half by the time she finished one. And I had to put the beer down and everything. It was pretty impressive, mm. but I, I threw up everywhere. You get um, the warm sweats, the the the, the flop drop sweat. You're like, mm, this isn't good. I really think that you should drink is possible to kind of get that that really good balance. You and I were talking about this the other day, Chris. Um, have you seen the new Johnny Manziel documentary? Ooh, Johnny football. Yeah. On uh, Netflix. Did you see that Chris? No. Who who is he? He's this kid who basically was like pretty much the most like impressive college, uh, football player in history. Like he came in and in one year, won the Heisman trophy, which no one does their freshman year was just doing insane stuff. Clearly was a bit of a party animal. And then all of a sudden, you know, he decided to like level up and leave college and go into the pro leagues. And I think basically by the time he had got there, he, I think just the pressure of him taking it too seriously and him not partying kind of just cracked under pressure. So he was like in, in his like own little ecosystem, he was able to mix up this cocktail of partying really hard and playing really hard, but it gave him this ego and level of confidence that he was able to pull it off. As soon as that dynamic changed, he, he lost it. Um, he wasn't having fun anymore, so on and so forth. That's the way I kind of always roll with it too. And it sounds like you do the same thing. Yeah, I feel like you have to be. I mean, I've done, and I, I'm sure you've done both. I've, I've gone the route of no drinking for six months, trying to stay on top of food and everything. And it just, it beats you up too much. I mean, when you're training at such a level and you've got such a high mental demand, not only physical, you kind of need those outlets, but you need to be able to, um, you know, have a beer, go out, have a big night, blow off some steam. I mean, you don't want to abuse it, but I feel like when you tell yourself you can't do something, it you want to do that even more. Yeah. I, I, I've split the cat two different ways. I've done, as you were saying, like the sober and the partying, the formula that I do now is like, I like to go extremes and then I like to take some time off and then I get to the point where probably for the next like three months, if you invite me to go do something interesting, I'm there drink and I'll celebrate. Otherwise I'm out. There's just no point. Like I already got my extreme shit in, in the off season. And now I've got no reason to really like go any harder, but like we're going, my brother's 40th birthday is September 23rd. We're all going to dress up like James Bond, go to a casino and get totally obliterated. Like that's a story. That's life. That's something that's memorable. Um, you know, a couple of weeks later, we have Halloween coming up. You know, I'm going to dress up like a safari man and I'm going to capture a bunch of big beasts at night. That's just <laughs> what I do. That's what I do. You're going to wrangle them in. That's right. I'm going to try to ride the biggest animal at the zoo. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never <laughs> seen like that before. So, yeah, I mean, like that to me is so fulfilling and such a great lifestyle. And then you, if you're able to match it with these extremely high highs of like really like camaraderie of training with your partners, 
And then also these levels of success when it comes to competition or whatever aspects you have in life that are worth celebrating. I found it to be very balanced. Yeah. No, that's one thing I think I've, I've, um, I've picked up off you over the years is, I mean, we've never spoken about it, but I just, I can see that resonating in your life. You go hard, you go hard. When you go easy, you go easy, whether it's, you know, celebrating, partying, training. I think a big thing that people miss out on is they, they're just training hard every day. They're banging their head against their wall. They're, you know, they're redlining. And then they're doing that with their, they're trying to balance that out with never drinking, you know, never having fun, having all this stress and pressure. And they get to the start line and they're so burnt out. So that's one thing I have picked up off you over the years. And I've kind of put it into my training. But, I mean, I think I've always been able to, it, it's all in your headspace too, you know. It's using meditation. Um, it's being in a good place emotionally and mentally and, you know, speaking of friends and having a good support network. I've had groups of friends before that probably didn't support, you know, my way of life and they're always partying and they're going hard. And when you're surrounded by people that don't, you know, love you and support what you do, you're just in this conflicting battle. So I think when you get that right, you know, group of people, it makes it a lot easier too. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Someone just farted. Ooh. Who was that? Um, Hey, so can, can we, before we get into it even more, like, can we get like an elevator pitch about who Chris Woolley is, uh, besides from future Murph champion, AKA firefighter and the biggest ops, the JK. Uh, well, Ooh. I mean, I, you know, why don't you run with it? You got some good veins going on now, dude. Damn boy. Damn. Wow. Uh, listen, I, why don't you pitch yourself, dude? Because I, I was trying to get some research on you. I don't know if they don't have internet down there. In Australia, but it's hard to get information. You know what I think the bandwidth is the biggest issue is all the bandwidth is is going to all these big booty bitches that I see on the Instagram posting from Australia all the time. I feel like your articles never get to the top because they're hey, stealing just, all the bandwidth. It's just videos of me running around and blow up unicorns. That's all it is. That's all Australia has at the moment. I get it. So tell us, yeah. like I'm listen, I know that. You know the firefighter. Give us, give us the story about who you are. But it's got to be an elevator pitch. I'm trying to. I mm -hmm. might get off the stop at any random time. And if you don't catch my interest, we're not hooking up. All right. We're in. We're That's in the elevator in good. Vegas, and you have no clue what, what floor I'm getting off on. You got to sell me quick. We just got into the elevator. All right. I'm a firefighter. I'm 36 years old. I'm supple. Grinder. I like dressing up. I like. Partying hard. I like running long, lifting heavy. And what are you doing tonight? Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Bra, baby. Bra. What, kind of hose you, what kind of hose are you packing? Are you a one and a half inch or are you a three and a half inch tube? All right, let's touch mustaches. Hmm. You know what's interesting? How long did it take you to get the volume you got going on? Because mine's kind of thin. This is overnight. Like I shaved it last night and just woke up and it just expanded. No. All right. So In one questions. day? This is, <laughs> this, is, this is some questions I was going to ask. I really have this in the show notes. Do you or do you not shave your bush? No. Neither do trim. I. Uh, you do trim. When it gets a bit, you know, out of control. Now, there's two ways that I like to handle this. I either go future bush where it's like really trimmed down or I do president Bush and president Bush gets out of hand. And I, and I try to set up meetings in the oval office with ladies all the time. And I say, listen, if you want to meet with president Bush in the oval office, we can set a meeting and it's thick down there. Do you, so you don't, 
I think about Samson. Samson, when you cut his, when he cut his hair, the biblical story of Samson, he lost all of his power. So when I get really ready for a championship level race, President Bush is in full swing. You're just ready to go. You're just clean mane, ready to, ready to it's run. It's a lion mane, dude. It comes right off the side, right down the mutton chops, down to the holding right there onto the grapes. I love that you can. I love that you came prepared with solid questions. I actually wrote a few as well. So, how many really? chickens? What do you got? How many chickens do you think it would take to kill an elephant? How many chickens does like a big kill an elephant? Angry, ang the angry chickens, not the nice chickens. Like the bad. I'm talking about. Chickens. I would say between the six, I'm say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say around six hundred to twelve hundred. Yeah, that's a good. Mm. That's a good. I think because you got to figure, dude. Like the elephant's gonna be like losing its shit, and it's gonna take down a couple hundred like right away. And it's then it's gonna, gonna get tired. On, on a couple. And you're you're hoping that one of these fuckers gets it in the eye, and then it just kind of stumbles down, and then they all start going after the trunk, and a couple will go for the balls. Yeah, that's can, what I think. Can they fly? Can they get to that height? I know they can get off the ground, but like to they a certain jump. level, they they're not flying like birds. Yeah, they jump off and they checking it and i, I just it, it's always in my mind that question i'm always thinking about it you know the hierarchs doing push-ups are they carrying pistols like Ooh. this I, for, for, for the for for the sake of like everything is safe the gun is not loaded right now right <laughs> no Probably. no no i mean i i put fake bullets in here okay like blanks it's probably yeah it's probably loaded with build-up it is it, it is, is. Okay, so yes, our our show is Morningwood Radio, and oh shit, are we out? Are we in? You're you in. Guys get I that? think your internet is a little bit shady right now. Okay, I think the pistol changed the bandwidth. Um, <laughs> my my question to you is, what gets you up in the morning? Like, what's the thing that rockets you out of bed, and the first thing you think of that's really kind of your life force day to day? I think at the moment. Um, I mean, I've always got that, the fire, the firefighter, uh, my, my full-time job is a firefighter. And I think that's always yeah. sitting in my head and it gives me that sense of purpose and, you know, being able to help people, you know, we have crazy days, easy days, and it just gives you that, that, that purpose to get out of bed and, and, you know, help people and want to be a better person. Um, I think that's a big one, but at the moment, I'm always someone like yourself that needs a goal, needs something to chase. I need that mountain. So I need, if I don't have that big peak I can see, sometimes I don't want to go for a run, you know. I, lo I love training, but when I've got, at the moment, currently it's Murph. So I've been chasing it. I've been training probably solely for four or five months. And at the moment, that's the thing that I'm getting out of bed. I'm seeing you put up posts now about it. I've got a thing on my fridge saying, Hunter's going to go sub 30. How bad do you want Murph? So every day mm. I see and I'm just greasing the groove. I'm hitting pull-ups when I'm cleaning the house. I'm hitting air squats when I'm cooking my eggs. So at the moment, the Murph peak is the thing that's pushing me. And I'm, I'm pretty close to it. And I know I've got a low 30 in me. Um, so it's people like yourself. You know, I see you put up a video doing push-ups. Instead of watching that and going through your stuff, I'm sitting down. I'm doing 300 push-ups. So at the moment, you know, it's people like yourself. It's Murph. I think next year it's going to be High Rocks. I'm really going to have a dig at High Rocks next year. But... I always need that physical kind of peak to hit. And then, then it's like my family and friends. You know, I love getting up in the morning and going for a run and calling mates on the way to work, seeing family, you know, seeing my girlfriend. I think 
just the people around me really push me. I'll ask you a question uh, out of curiosity because you seem to be a new man in love. Do you think that uh, love is accelerating your life or potentially inhibiting your life as, a, as an athlete? You know, I've, I've thought about this many times and I think if you have the right woman next to you, it accelerates it. It pushes it to new boundaries. It does depend on the person, though. I mean, if you're someone that falls in love and gets, you know, nice and happy and cozy and, you know, I don't really need to go out and, you know, train and, and look as good. Because, you know, when you're single, you want to look good. You want to, you know, you want the guns. You want to look good for the girls. But I've had it both ways. And now, currently, my girlfriend now, she kind of gets me. She just knows who I am. She was an ex-gymnast, you know, a very high-level gymnast. She, when she sees me doing something, she knows deep down that how much it means to me. And it's not even a question of me doing it. She's just so happy for me to be chasing it. And I think when you've got that good balance and like, I don't just go and train and, you know, push the world aside, family, friends don't matter. You know, I'm still involved in all birthdays and partying and having fun and having really good relationships with those people. So she can't, she right now is just pushing me to be a better version of it. I'm getting fitter and fitter. Um, since being with her. What's the difference between fitter and fitter? Fitter. 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 Uh, that, that ends with an A-H. It's yeah. like saying what's the difference between Tinder and Grinder. Not much, really. Not much. Not much. No. Honestly, dude, there's always a good there's always a good time at the other side. So who cares? So, Hold the hole. Yeah, there's heaps of good dudes on, on Grinder. I love it. It's so nice. Great attitude. Honestly, dude, Ooh. the female matches I have, moderate. Male matches. Yeah. I mean, I'm not on it, but, you know, before my current girlfriend, Tinder was cool, but grind so much easier. And, you know. Way, way easier, dude. Why why put up a fight, ladies? I, I don't get it. That's like so. I think I was, hey. with, with, with Grindr, I mean, it, it takes it down to your boy that you just uh, matched with is is within a walkway away from you. And, like, <laughs> other, it's like three inches saying, away. Yeah, you're three inches away. You're a bathroom stall away. I was saying this stuff. I was like, dude, if we were in a relationship, long-term loving relationship, I'm in Australia, you're in America, we're sending love messages, like photos, pics. Like, can you imagine it? We, we, we both would have gone 2730 in Murph by now if we were dating. We'd be I so fucking fit because we'd be just supporting each other. Ever, like, everlasting love, everlasting, just hard work. Oh, Girls just don't understand. I so I have a theory. You know that guy, um, Justin Medeiros? Yeah, based. I think he won the CrossFit Games two times. And then he just he blew up the last one, but apparently he was injured coming into, into competition. Yeah, but he blew it at regionals too. So if you look yeah. at his storyline, dude was single, not talking to any chicks, and all of a sudden he gets really public about this relationship, blows it. Absolutely blows it. Yeah. And I'm not I saying it's her fault. But when I saw that, I immediately told a couple people that were like in my network. I was just like, "Dude, still has it. He just, he's just got a girlfriend now, dude. His priorities change, all that kind of stuff." Um, I've been Justin Madero's girlfriend, and you're gonna see exactly the person who's the troublemaker. I've I've seen it. I've watched his YouTube, and I, I saw him put the statement up about training not being, you know, what it should be leading into the games, and he. He kind of insinuated an injury and, uh, you know, subpar 90% of training. 
But you see, you, you know, see that smile right there. I never smile like that, and that's why I win everything. The devil. Okay. So, what about your training line? Have you? Is there a correlation X and Y axis between when you've been single and when you've had a girlfriend, to when you've won world champs? Like when you when you lost the high rocks, uh, what two years ago? Were you in a relationship? No. Oh yeah, I was in a relationship. Every single time I'm in a relationship, I'm in worse shape. I got I got single last year. I just came in and destroyed everybody. It wasn't even a question. The year before that, I was in a relationship and then I, I broke up and then I went back, set the world record, got the world title dominating. Um, the, so, you know, one thing, one thing I want to know about you is how much do you actually train a week? Like if we're talking, let's break it up to strength and conditioning. Any conditioning is bike, row, ski, run and strength is like, are you, are you hitting 20 hours a week? Is that your, I know you've done it since you were 20. Like it's, a, it's 15 years. Oh yeah. I, uh, I'm definitely training 20 hours a week. Like today I was in the gym for 90 minutes and I'm not going to train tonight just because like I'm, I'm sweating right now. Just sitting here talking to you guys. Like my body's still pretty fucked up from that, that cross world travel. So first day back, chill. Second day back, like I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to go for about a two to three hour bike ride with the boys. And then I'll have a 90 minute gym session again. So now we're at six hours by day two. Wednesday, Another I'll, do, I'll do like a, a bike and a run. We'll be up to nine hours. Uh, Thursday, you know, 90 minute, uh, 90 minute gym, 60 minutes. So we're up to 12. We're up to 12 hours, uh, Friday, another three hours, we're up to 15 hours. And then Saturday we'll get up to like 18 to 19 hours with like some singles in there, single day yeah. workouts. So it's always there. And like, especially the blocks that get like really fucking crazy are probably going to start like in October and November is when I'm going to have this big spike in volume where once I get used to it, like today I went to the gym and I was just doing, um, I did shoulder presses and then I did some, um, some bar, like some rows. And then I did only 14 minutes of a Murph, uh, Murph style, like push up, pull up thing. And then I just got bands and I went like this for like 10, 15 minutes, just kept on cranking my arms just to get blood flow into there. And it wasn't that yeah, crazy of a workout, but for like band, band flies. Chest yeah, like I take the, the I take the things and I'll I'll do like row backwards as many times as I can, then curl as many times as I can, then rowing backwards as many times as I can, curl until like it's like a five minute set and I just blow out my arms. And then all of a sudden I'm doing banded like this, and then I do a bunch of pumps like this, then I go like this, and I just keep on going until I blow myself out. Cause eventually it's just yeah, and then, oh, and, then and the band and then, uh, <laughs> Yeah. But the thing is is you just need to get that muscular pathway of blood flowing in and out. It doesn't really matter the resistance. So then by the time that's all said and done, you know, it was not that crazy of a session, but by the time November shows up, I'll be in these sessions that are like 45 minute long imams mm. of just like, like, you know, really, really high reps. I'll be doing 30 push ups. I'll do like 30 pull-ups, 30 push-ups, 40 squats, one minute rest, 30, 30, 30, one minute rest. So I'll just keep on being a handful of reps of world record pace. So it's always 15 to 20 hours a week.
that's kind of nerdy. But I was going to ask you because we're all over the place and not really following my notes right now, but it's just fun. Um, you just tell mesmerized me. by this. Yeah, I am. I am mesmerized. Was that tell really me. overnight, and that that came back the day later? No, I, no probably three hours. I I sometimes wake three up hours. in the. I've gone to bed, and I'm nice and sleep, and this will be just in the morning. Just overflowing like a jungle, and I've got three new blow up unicorns just being delivered to my house. I don't know what happens at night. I just, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me so the difference between when you tested Murph, we all know that you're going for the record. When you tested Murph the first time versus the second time versus the third time, and now you're on getting ready for your fourth time, what are some of the things you noticed besides training? I'm talking about like the actual tests and then the training in between. Like, what are the differences that you're changing up now? Like you mentioned to me that you're just doing lots of like, just kind of greasing the groove volume now. Like, what are some of the things you picked up on? Yeah, I think, um, I think in the first one, especially, I mean, I, I was just like you were, I was overshot. I, I, I did a live stream. I had 85 people in the gym. Um, I had a six to eight week build up where it was every day in the gym, people asking me um, just, you know, when's the, when's the record, when's the record? So cooked. In the morning, I came in. I was measuring trundle wheel things, setting up videos, and I got halfway through the push-ups, and I just—it's like my engine turned off. It just went dead, and um, I was kind of overcooked. So I've done it. I've done that. Was the first time. The second time I did it was recently. I went 33-10. So I was twenty-nine seconds off, and I just felt good. I didn't have enough squat stamina, so. I ran a 5.55 mile. I came in, I hit my pull-ups in 3.50. And this was, this was I wanted it to be six and then 10. I then hit push-ups in 7.15 for the push-ups and felt, I felt like God in the push-ups. I was like, because I increasing the groove, lots of push-ups through the days. Got to the squats and I just didn't, I just wasn't there. I wasn't at the place I needed to be at for squat stamina. So I wasn't doing enough endurance. I wasn't doing enough volume and reps. I was doing, you know, the What's the imams? I just didn't have the volume in my legs. Um, the running felt good, but uh, it wasn't there. I, you know, the second mile was 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 six fifty five seven minutes, and I just kind of blew up a little bit. But going into the run, I needed a six. I think I needed a six thirty two to break the record, um, and I felt good. So, you know, changing it up, I'm just keeping things similar bit more uh, vest running endurance and a little bit more running because I'm only running 25 to 30k a week. I've always been a volume runner and that that doesn't help with being a good runner as you know. I do a lot of off, off in low impact volume but I think I need to increase a bit of that vest running, really dial in, you know, running with a cadence, high volume squats into the running, really dial that endurance in and then as I said I'm just hitting you know, I've got a little booklet every day. I'm hitting my push-ups and my squats. So I've got a number I want to hit each day. This is on top of normal training. And I'll hit, you know, it could be one to 300 push-ups and one to 300 squats, depending on how daily. I'm feeling daily. Oh, so, interesting. I've thought is, about doing that because I definitely, there's two things that I'm running into right now. One, I just haven't put that load on myself in a while. So like I'm pumping up too quickly. <laughs> And I'm just noticing that it's like, just like a balloon that doesn't like just pumps up too quick. And yeah. also dude, I really need to work on my mobility. Like I didn't realize it. My mobility's changed over the past couple of years. And like, I'm just going to get one of those stretching apps and like, just really focus on the mobility. I'm hanging upside down, stretching myself off the bars. Um, 
it, it definitely is a bitch getting into those push-ups. Oh, sorry, the squats. I think it's um, 100%. I've been looking at ankle mobility, especially when you're running a lot more, and the um, just the adductors getting tight. So I think I've played around with it. And, you know, you're looking at the shoe. What shoe are you going to run in? Are you going to have a, a five mil drop? Are you going to have an eight mil drop? Are you going to have a 10 mil drop? You know, I think if you personally have an eight to 10 mil drop, you're going to be much better than the five <laughs> mil for the, and a carbon yeah. shoe. So I've been playing around with, you know, getting even a higher heel and sacrificing a bit of the run. But those, you know, when you when you jack that heel up and you do some air squats on a, on a plate, you know, jack it up yeah. for 15. It's surprising how much less fatigue there is on the quads and the VMOs. So yeah. there's a play around with there. But the squatting, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try. I've actually, I think I'm going to go in four or five weeks for Murph, but it's getting hot and I've got, a, I've got something else on the cards which – it might stop my training a little bit. So it's, um, I can't say what it is, but it's for a TV show coming out. I find out this week if I get on. And um, yeah. if, I'm, if I'm on, it's uh, filming for about three weeks, starting in two weeks. So we'll see. I mean, you got to run with what your chances are. And if I don't get to hit Murph before mid-October, it's going to get too hot. I might push it back to next year and let you take the reins and, and just come and take it off you. That, that's what I was going to ask, Chris. So if something – if it all works out and you set the record hunter goes after it he's training all the way up to he's gonna probably try for it and go for it in january february is it a thing to where it's like if hunter outdoes you does you hunter sets the record are you going back all right time to go back to the drawing boards like i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna outdo him and try to go after it again if he upsets your record and like instantly on i mean it's pretty hard to – when you look at Hunter, and I've looked at him, and I, I look at his high rocks performances, I think when you were born, you were made. When they, when you came out, they made you for high rocks. They were like, this is the high rocks baby. I mean, you've put the work in over it's the simple. years. Ethically, you are made for high rocks. You are carved for high rocks, you know, your weight, your height. And you put the 20 hours in for – you know, you put the running volume in for 15 years. You're unstoppable. I think for Murph – you, you weren't made for Murph. I think no, I know. Mm, we were doing an equation on this the other day. I, I heard you. And, I, and I've, I've already looked at that. When I compare myself to you, like, it's hard to bet against you. I mean, it's hard for me to say you, you, you're going to go max 31, 30 because of your height, you know. But it, it is hard to, beat it, to bet against you. You know, you've seen the stuff you've done. It's pretty incredible. So if someone's going to defy the odds, it's you. You could turn around and run a 29.52. And I might go, that's a minute outside my wheelhouse. I think a sub-30 is possible on the day. Everything's right. You don't get injured. And you just have that three to five-month block of your life. I think it's I think it's doable. And if you can grit through the pain of the squats and then run a 6.15 to 6.30 off that, I think, six, I think a 30 is doable. But I think for you, you're either going to – Blow it, blow it out of the water and run a 29.50 or you're going to come in at like that 31.45. It's pretty hard to bet against you, but it just depends. What's, the only thing you do is your size and your height and your limit. What's the best temperature scenario? Like running it outside, obviously, if you've got to run it outside for, for the miles, like what's the best temperature as he holds his gun? Uh, best temperature outside to optimal, optimal uh, time to run this? Like I want to... My last attempt, it was 15 degrees outside. It was winter, nice and cool. Mm. I was still super hot, though. Um, 
And I know you know about this and the heat training and playing around with it. I mean, I think what I'm going to do for my next one, depending how hot it is, I think I'm going to probably probably hit an ice bath or something. Probably bath maybe 45 minutes out, really drop that cool temperature, get some ice packs on me and stay really cool and then start to dump water on myself and ice when I come out of that push-up or in the squats. Um, I think that's going to play a big role because I, I overheated in those squats and I was just starting to blow up. I, like I went, I think I went at eight. I came out of my push-ups at 26 flat. Um, sorry, came out of the squats at 26 flat and I thought I had it, but I was just too, I was too overheated. So as you know, you got to stay cool. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of secrets that you can just like kind of play into and make it smarter. Like the first thing I would say is I did my test in May, end of May in North, in North Carolina. And by the time I was doing it, like I started the workout wet. I know. It was so humid and it's just not conducive. And I did it in an RWB shirt because I was doing it for RWB. I would never do that again. There's just things I would change. The clothes I was wearing the setup, the shoes. There's just like so many things that I've thought about since then. And now like, I guess if you really care about this stuff, like you will find a way and the iteration of one, two, three, four, five, it, it makes things so entirely different. So I respect your process. And like anybody who does this, um, you know, we're just like a little tribe of guys all trying to just figure out the Rubik's cube a little bit differently and get it done and it's fun like I, I like the fact that we all have a mutual goal it's a cool off-season thing like i really wanted to run it as an event there's still a chance that i may run it as a charity event but admittedly like the more i recognize like part of me just wants to go through this like a soldier and just get it done mm -hmm. and like you said not have to worry like about the, the background hoopla of, of working with vendors and events and making it a whole big thing like just you solo one-on-one -on -one, murph versus punt yeah. That's how like, like you you said it. You said you went and you did it with all those people, and then you did it on your own and quiet with a couple of bros, and you did so much better. Mm -hmm. Like I just went over and I did this whole tour. And by the time I got there and by the time I got done, I was so exhausted. And I, I do it because I love connecting with people, but it's hard to do that and also manage the actual training for it and everything. So I think if you want to get the best thing, it's either got to be like in a very, very competitive experience or it's gotta be very isolated. Anything in between is just too much of a distraction because the high level competition will give you adrenaline and anything below that will be a like distraction. So yeah. know, there's levels you know to what? it that we figure out. I wanna have you and myself, maybe Alec Blennis, maybe two high level CrossFitters and we all five go at it. Me and you at the peak and just have our, have our marks and, and hit it. I've been watching Alec Blennis just from afar, just because you see his stuff pop up on social media. I think he's a pretty intelligent guy. It's fun to kind of see what he talks about. I think he is getting way too muscular, like a porous body versus a muscular body. And he's taking himself further and further away from the ability to do something at a high level. Like you can see his muscle bodies change. Like I could very much look like a bodybuilder. I've got great muscle response where I can blow up very quickly and get very jacked. But every single time I do that, like my body gets so inefficient at doing efficiency. You know what I yep. mean? And basically like you, you don't, you don't want to have that issue. You don't want to run into that. And that guy is going too far away. His physique looked great, but I think he's going to put himself in a position where he becomes 
less optimal for the the task at hand. Yeah, like I mean, you, if you look at you versus him, your body is still very lean and long and like seems kind of like a sporty body. His is starting to become more of a bodybuilder body. I, I think, I think, yeah, you're spot on there. Um, I mean, he does have the record, so you can't take anything away from him and he hasn't hit it lately, but I think he is starting to push too far into that, you know, that max strength size. Well, you, you saw he trained for a whole year for it and then he was two and a half minutes slower his second time of doing it. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like I have never trained for high rocks and become worse. <laughs> Like I, I, I've always kept on coming back and setting a new record because you understand the movements you train, especially if you've put focus on it. Like there's never anything that I've been like, Oh, like I haphazardly went into this Ironman and took 30 minutes off my time. And I was drinking the days before I wasn't even trying and I did so much better. So the thing is, is I think his body's changing um, negatively. And I would say that to his face. So, and I'm saying it on a podcast now, so it's like, I'm not hiding from it. Um, I have a curiosity. I mean, Murph's only so much of who you are. I, I think it's interesting. High Rocks has just come to Australia. It's becoming such a big global sport. They just put $150,000 for world championships and another 150 k throughout the season. So I think you can make like $350,000 total, all athletes competing for prizes. There's a lot of money in it. It's the first time kind of in our in our kind of arena that you've been able to make so much money and there's so much opportunity in it. Like you probably got to be in a position where you're thinking to yourself, you're like, fuck, like I should probably start paying attention to this because you are somebody. I believe that if you focused on high rocks, you'd be in the elite 15 every year. Yeah. And it's becoming I such an, like a valuable thing that like, I think being an elite 15 runner now is, is, is like a very, it's a statement. Well, you know what, like, um, I appreciate that. Um, it's been pretty hard the last few years. You know, you met me, I met you in Dallas. I raced you in Kent. That was my first High Rocks, 20, 2019. And you ran like a 63 or a 62? Yeah, I was a 60, I think I was 62, 50. I think I was a minute behind Kent and a couple of minutes behind you. Um, and I felt pretty good. Um, I was still running low mileage, but I've kind of always had that barrier of all my races have been off three days, get to fly overseas, fly 20 hours, 15 hours, and then land three days and compete. So I've always had that. I mean, I'm not one to say, oh, I've got jet lag, I'm going over, but it's not optimal. Um, recently having the two races, um, Sydney and Melbourne, and there was a bit of, I know there was all this chat about, you know, sleds and courses being different and everything. I mean, yeah. the two, the, the High Rocks, the Melbourne and the Sydney, I mean, same, same carpet, same sleds, it was all the same. I ran Sydney, hadn't hit a high rocks in two and a half years. I felt pretty good, but I was in high rocks. I was in Murph shape. You know, I, I did a two week transition of high rocks. I'm running 25K a week. I'm just doing squats all day and push ups. I did two weeks of sled work. I ran a 63, blew up on the wall balls. But what, what I didn't say going into that was I was, you know, pretty sick for four weeks with a pretty bad flu and cold. Then, my running you want to borrow this note so you can notepad so you can write all your excuses in there because oh yeah there's a couple of pages for you i'm just telling you the difference between sydney and melbourne so i ran i then ran sydney and i was feeling good two weeks post melbourne and i was right post sydney i was running how i should have run so i went 59 there and like i felt pretty good but that race kind of gave me that motivation for next year to really dial in and um and do high 
Wait, so Let's with go. that 59, was that a qualifier race to where it, it, it's like you can nah, get so the, it? No. The only way I can get into the, the Elite 15 pretty much is to go Hong Kong last chance qualifier in May. Take Hong, one. Kong. Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. You should come. come to- let's, let's talk a little trash. Let's talk yeah. a little trash. Who would you say is the fittest athlete in all of Australia? You mean yeah, like JK. male size? What? I'd, I'd probably say, I mean, what sport are we talking? Are we talking triathlon? Are we talking football? All in, all sports, all sports. I think it's, I think it's pretty compare CrossFit and, and what we're doing. I mean, you call it hybrid training, hybrid events. But, I mean, I feel like everyone in the world is a hybrid athlete right now. I mean, yeah, triathlon. Yeah. Right, let's, let's, focus, let's focus on, on um, High Rocks because right now I just want you to call out a certain person's name. James Kelly. Is he listening? Yeah. James Kelly. Okay, mate. Smelly Kelly. Do you know Smelly Kelly left shit stains in my jeans the night I lent them to him? That's why. I remember him putting them on. He's like, I don't know, Mike. These are kind of big on me. Yeah. I just got done with racing. Smelly Kelly left shit stains in my jeans that night. Oh. I still wear them all the time. Never washed them since. He's, uh, I actually don't know him that well. We've, we've met a few times. Um, and we've raced, raced in Sydney. Um, yeah, he's a great athlete. I mean, eighth at the World Championships, called up what thirty minutes prior. Like he's got a real, he's got that grit, he's got that AFL mentality, and I think he can. I don't think his running is optimized enough yet. I think, I think he needs to increase his running ceiling. Um, but he's a great athlete. Uh, can I or beat him? Gonna, are you going to smoke him? I think I can beat him. Um, I believe I can beat him 100%. Um, you know, he towed, he towed me up in Sydney. But, I mean, we, we had similar times, Melbourne and Sydney, 59-17, 59-27. Um, yeah, I think I can get him. He got 17, you got 27? Yeah. So I went 50, bitch, that's got to be tough. But I went 59-27 and I went 5-33 on the Warbles. Because you're a Nancy. Oh yeah, yeah. Mate. I mean, it's tough, dude. Sometimes you just overpace it, and then next thing you know, I think I had the slowest wall balls at World Championships. Yeah, I came in at world record pace, and I just was like just chipping away. Otherwise, yeah, just cramp. But I think just being shorter athlete, I've always kind of struggled with those, and I mean, I haven't done them done them in six months, so we'll we'll fix those next year. Chris Spieler does like a hundred wall balls in two minutes. No excuses. Just watch Chris Spieler videos if you ever. You ever wonder why? Why I uh, like try to complain about being short? Send me some warball workouts, and we'll fix it. Just do flight simulator, dude. Do What's do that? twenty, then thirty, then Five, forty, 10, 15, then fifty, 20, then 30, fifty. 30, 15. I start in the twenties because you know at this point we're too fit. But yeah, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, and then back down. Easy. Just bang the fuck out of them. I never train wall balls though because wall balls are for bitches. Yeah. You're not winning by wall balls, then you're yeah, that's on you. But I think the thing that I really wanted to hear out of you guys is like there's gonna start to be these regional champions. And I think it's gonna become so important. Like when you're the fittest dude in Australia, like right now, CrossFit's so ver- like verified, validated, like people like put you know, fittest in the UK, fittest in Australia, fittest, like, you know, they're the number one qualifiers. That's going to be a pretty important thing this year. I, yeah. I think that you become 
a regional champion, you become a champion, cha- like a championship champion. And like, it, it, it's going to be something like all these guys put down, put down like North American champion. Like you're going to want to be the Asia Pacific champion. So what you're saying is I bet you James need- Kelly is going to go to the Asia Pacific championships, AKA Hong Kong. And he's going to try to smoke you. I don't think that he's living in Germany now. So I don't think he's going to go to Hong Kong in November. I don't think he's going to qualify traditionally. I've said this a ton of times. He didn't make it last year and he just snuck in. And I I keep on telling him, I'm like, you made a huge mistake by going to Germany. That was the worst thing you can do. And um, basically I I think that he's going to have a hard time qualifying because the number one thing you need to do in this sport is if you're, especially at the back of the pack is increase volume and endurance and he's not going to be able to increase volume and endurance if he's just out in the freezing cold all the time. That's what, and that's that's all I'm going to do. Come come November, November, December, Jan, four four five months, it's just going to be volume like I've never done before, which is I think the missing link for me at the moment. Not 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 necessarily running, but you know, bike bike. Dude, get on a get on a concept too. If I had to pick an athlete and just say, hey guys, I want you to do these two things. I want you to go five minute hard bike, five minute hard run, five minute easy bike. And just keep on repeating that and do like, do five rounds for me. That's 75 minutes. And that's about the time you're going to spend in a high rocks, uh, excluding the intensity. And you just load the shit out of your legs, just like you do on the bicycle. And then you got to get off and run efficiently. It's super easy. And you're just like looking at the wattage. And what ends up being this equation, which is the equation that's used for Tour de France athletes to see who's going to win, is it's you have to hit a certain thing off of FTP is how many watts per kilo can you produce? I can produce so many more watts than you can. Watts per kilo, am I better than you? Probably still. And eventually, like if you're not at a certain optimal wattage, like you need to get that up. Only way you can do that is through strength training and, and certain kinds of intensity. But I told you that already. I was like, the first thing you need to do is get that fucking strength, like strength endurance up and then just run these workouts like a madman. And it's cheap and easy. Like you don't need a lot. That's why this sport's more fun than CrossFit because it's just like, give me a machine and like a barbell and I will just go to war. I don't need to walk on my hands over staircases like an idiot. And uh, I'm just going to focus on getting fit. Yeah, that's all you need to do. Yeah, no, yeah, I appreciate what I will be doing. Um, we'll take Murph first. What what time do you not want to see me get? Like, what do you think is your ceiling? Are you, are you, do you think you can hit 29.59? Well, that's the only reason why I'm doing it again. It's the only reason why I'm doing it again. And I'll pull out, and I won't do it if I'm not going to get close. Because it's just like it's not necessary. Like, I'm not, yeah. if I get to month – four out of my like five month block month three out of my five month block and i'm getting nowhere near it then i'll stop yeah. but i shouldn't testing start to be like in the 32s the 31s the 30s and like i'd be disappointed and if you came out and didn't break 31 at this point because you know enough now and now it's just like it's just can you just shut the fuck up and do it <laughs> yeah Cause like I was just in the gym before and I was just like moving my body a little bit. And I was like, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. Am I going to do it now? Am I going to take the next 120 to 160 days and do exactly that? 
Am I also going to lose those extra like six to eight pounds that are necessary to save myself the, the energy of what it's going to cost? Am I going to do all these things that I didn't do last time? So once you have that conversation with yourself, it's like a certain, it's a list. The reason why most people are never going to reach their goals is because they're never willing to make the sacrifices that are necessary. I sit there and I was having this conversation with this girl. She, she came in to our party and she was a Spartan race girl. And, you know, she was saying she wanted to qualify for some stuff. And I was just like, yeah, you could, you could get that result or you could just go all in and stop wasting your time and at least just figure out what it was like to actually care enough to make the difference. And she was thrown back on her heels that I was like speaking so forward with her. And then a couple of days later, she called me and she was like, I'd really like to talk about that all in thing. Because I think it shocks people when they finally get someone just looking them straight in the face and saying, you're not giving a fuck enough. Yeah, it's how bad you want it. That's, that's yeah, all it if, is. You, if you turn around, you've got a post-it note on your fridge. My entire computer is covered in post-it notes like this. Like If you come to my house, I look like a crazy person because I have post-it <laughs> notes all over the place of things that I refuse these there are was, all post-it notes. There was that also I've just done in the past year. There was also lots of photos, um, random dudes with leaves covering their bodies and like love notes from guys, and I've respected it. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's my formula. All right, <laughs> trust the process. But people I just don't do it. That was a good time in the woods, the cabin in the woods up there, chopping wood, just eating. Oh. we have a training camp going on next week. We got. Two athletes coming from Europe and the UK, maybe a third one. We got Caleb Yates maybe coming, and we maybe got Cole Daddy. So mm. that's five athletes ready to put pump the beef. That's nice. I like that. And I and I plan on not wearing pants the entire time because I'm king of you the gotta poo I, I'm poo bearing around the house. People gotta understand. I want them to see my line man, and I don't have that much hair up top. I'm talking about that cock bush. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like, I like it. Intimidation factor. But yeah. it's going to be nice, dude. It's We're also going to get started. We're about to be on the fence where it's like it's cold enough where you can start chopping wood and having the fire. Mm. Manly man. Yeah. So I posted this online today, and I wanted to know what people's thoughts were on what a hybrid athlete was. Because I just like was sitting there, and I keep on seeing all these D-bags just post on the internet. They're like, they're like hybrid, oh, hybrid athlete. athlete. And then they – you see that they do like a couple back squats and some four hundreds around a track. And then they do, everybody goes for like a triathlon and then they run like a half marathon or a marathon and that's it. And they're considered a hybrid athlete. And I just want to know what the fuck this is because what have we been doing all this time? Like, what are we? Mate, I, I still don't know. I mean, I think a triathlete is probably one of the best hybrid athletes going around. When you think about it, you know, you're swimming, yeah, you're swimming. Incredible. You're swimming 4K, look at the power through the bike, and then you're running a 240 marathon. Could you imagine Christian Blumenfeld if you trained him for two years for High Rocks? It'd be very dangerous. What do you think? What do you think he'd run? Like, what do you think Christian Blumenfeld? He's 70, he is 75 kilos, my weight. Yeah. He's 175 centimeters, my height. He's my pretty much my build. Imagine putting him on a two-year High Rocks program be very very competitive i mean i feel the same way about ryan atkins too but it's interesting yeah. dude like sometimes i've just met the fittest freakiest people in the entire world 
and then you try to give them functional fitness stuff and they will never get, they can't get it. Their bodies just can't do it. It's just yeah. like the same way where you give like a freaky fit athlete, like a tennis racket or a golf club. There's some people that can just in one lane do the most incredible things in the world and they will never be able to get away from that. Yeah, like, like a LeBron James or, you know, they're yeah. just genetic athletes in recovery. And a Ryan Atkins, I know, like I've seen him do an air squat and he can't. It's because he runs for 600,000 kilometers in the mountains and he's too jacked up to be out of squat. Could Christian do it because of his yeah. posture? Probably not. But I think with a hybrid athlete, I mean, I, I know I know what you're saying by these powerlifters coming in and then just doing a marathon once or twice and saying they're this hybrid athlete. Um, I think it depends if you want to start putting some baselines down for, okay, how fast can you run at 10K and then how much can you deadlift and squat? And is there a ratio between the two? Like I've looked at it at, say, the Elite 15. I don't think you're going to get in the Elite 15 unless you can run a sub 35, 36, 10K. So I think you need to have that straight up baseline. But then you need to have the strength endurance and the, and the 1RMs. So, I mean, do you start putting baselines on it where your percentage of power to weight from your deadlift to your run? This is this Alex Viata guy. Have you ever heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the first people to do all this. This is his definition of it. So going by the actual definition, hybrid training is the concurrent training of different athletic disciplines that did not explicitly support one or another. And whose um, disparate components, does that make sense? Disparate components are not essential to succeed at one, any one sport. So hybrid athlete would be anyone who trains and competes in this manner, regardless of where the spectrum they lie. This is a huge, there is a huge hybrid community with endurance focus that spends very little time on strength arena, with CrossFit, lightweight, strong athletes, um, strongman athletes sort of rounding out the other side to a really hybrid athlete, you really need to do both. You need to be willing to be able to drop what you're doing um, and at least show up and compete at the other end of the spectrum. It doesn't mean you need to dominate uh, rotations, this is, but this, though this is preferred, but you need to be able to show up and show, show you know what you're doing Hybrid athletes should be willing to take on a triathlon as a strongman show and train hard enough to compete at both. You know, I've always considered you up in uh, up in the up in the running, my man. Which is why I'd love to see you tackle LWMW strongman or similar. What's LW? Little women. Little women. Thanks. So. Little women, man, man Wait, women, and strongman. The little women. He said, which is what I'd love to see you tackle LWMW strongman or similar. You're going to get arrested if you tackle little women, but tackle little women and man women. I think um, you could... <laughs> <laughs> now, I think he's, he's pretty smart that he knows his stuff, but he's a very smart person. I mean, who, who created, who, who first started the term hybrid? Like, I, it's sort of annoying the, the amount you see it thrown around. And I mean, I think we're all hybrid athletes. I think if you can do one pull up and, and run a kilometer, you're almost a hybrid. I think there's just different scales. Hybrid, a hybrid champion. I think, I think being able to run a 10 K and not be so beat up that you can't run for a week and be able to 
double body weight deadlift and not blow your back and your hamstrings up. So I think it's not just doing it. I think it's having that base strength and having the tissue tolerance to be able to do both the strength and the long runs and bikes and be fine the next day. Like that's kind of what you want. And then you can put different levels on everything, I guess. I can pull over 240K, 500 pounds, and run a sub 33-10K uh, in the same day. Yeah. Like, I, I consider that to be a pretty gosh darn good spectrum. And then from there, I can basically take that anywhere. Like, I could fuck you up in a fight. I could do really well in Murph, High Rocks, all that kind of stuff, strongman competitions. Um, it's interesting, though. Like, we should just have, like, a tournament and throw all these people in. And they try to. But I really want these people on YouTube to show up just so I can tear their limbs off and beat them with them. Yeah, they got um, YouTube guys have got no chance, but they don't. They're just doing it for the views. They're not doing it for the performance. Like you've got to focus on the numbers, not the not the view likes. Well, that's why I'm like really interested in, in high rocks right now, and I keep on trying to tell all my friends that are doing all this hybrid shit. I'm like, you should stop doing what you're doing and focus on high rocks because. This is our first ever real chance of like having professionalism in this like fitness racing hybrid style thing. Otherwise, it's just always going to keep on like rinse, wash, repeat into the next thing. I was like, if we all get into it and we all push really hard, this could get really interesting. Like they just doubled the cash prizes. Next year, we could end up in the six figure like prizes and stuff like that. And like it could take over where CrossFit started and push it in the right direction. So at least that's my opinion. Um Dude, like a year ago, I was kind of getting to the high rocks and, you know, I'm going to have to fly 15 hours to race it. But now I just had one 45 minutes from my house and I flew down to mm -hmm. Melbourne and I had a race and it was fucking awesome. But I could feel it. Like after Melbourne, we had 3,500 people there, 2,000 spectators. Everyone was like, you could feel it in the air. You could, you knew what was coming next year. There's four races here next year and people are pumped for it. Like, I'm thinking of going to Hong Kong in the 25th of November now. I'm like, let's just put a block in and, and get a good time. How long is Hong Kong from your house? Um, pretty, about a seven-hour flight, but no time zone difference. Cake, cake. Dude, I just, flew, I just flew home 12 hours, and I was sweating and farting the whole time. 12 hours is where the body starts to, to die slowly. I've had time zone changes. Like I've, I've, I've done them, and it feels like shit. But eight, seven, eight, eight hours, eight hours difference. Yeah, seven hours. Yeah, eight, I know that. And that's like, you know, when I came over with you and I was like, I was partying. We were doing like we did London. Then we did L.A. Then we did Vegas. I had three high rocks in two weeks. And then we were just partying and drinking the whole time. And I was I didn't even know which way was up or down. But Hong you Kong, also kept on you kept on swallowing bananas whole. You should have a warrant out for your ass. That was nice. I was just warming up for you. You know, I was just practicing, trying to be a good, you know, guest and trying to satisfy. You need, to, you need to use a butternut squash to warm up for me. Mm -hmm. All right, let's be honest. No banana is going to be able to cover the face. They're sweet too. They get that sweet taste and it gets stuck on my mouth a little bit. Um, uh, no. Hong Kong, one hour time zone and take that Asia Pacific, Australasia. Go, go tear it to shit. You better, dude. I will. I think you'll do tremendously well. I, I do really want to see you do well in Murph because it will motivate me. And I think the thing that you should do is just like do it when you're ready to do it. Don't yeah. go and do that, that, uh, that event that you're about to go do and then show up and haphazardly do it because you'd be giving yourself, you'd be wasting your time. Um, you'd be wasting my time too, because I'd be interested. That's exactly yeah. how I'm doing it. 
I'm, I'm, when I break it, you're not going to know until I've broken it the next day. I don't mind if I go out and I run a 33.30 or if I come in at a 31.30, you'll just know the next day there'll be a video up, no live stream, and I'll just hit it. No one watching. That's how, that's how it will go. Secrets. Secrets. Secrets and lies. Uh, boys, um, we're at the hour mark. Uh, where can people keep up with you, stay in touch, get excited, tune in on your banana eating? Well, I've got a lot. My OnlyFans is uh, just about to take off. That's just me. Is that know. big in Australia? No, I don't know. Probably. I think it's not like America. Dude, uh, all of like the dirtiest, hottest girls I see on the internet are in Australia. All I see is just like girls with crazy butts and perfect tans, smiling, wearing like no clothes. And I'm like, what do you guys do down there? Why is everyone so like hot and like over-sexualized down there? <laughs> uh, you, why don't you just come over and find out? Come over last, yeah. Last time I was down there, I pissed in a hotel lobby and passed out in the in the um, <laughs> passed out in the hallway. In my bed, then that'd be perfect. Um, That's I what I need. Perfect. I need a chaperone. Yeah, easy. Find me on um, Instagram. Like I'm not. I don't push that too much. But um, I've got a new. I've been. You know, I've been a PT and a coach for probably 15 years, and. I don't advertise it. I just kind of coach people and program and, you know, chat with them about training. Um, so get in contact with me if you ever want any help with that. And um, we've just started a new training program uh, called Gym Perform Play. So you can reach that on my Instagram too. And, yeah, just follow along. Watch me dress up and do some push-ups. Fuck yeah, brother. Ryan, what do you got to say? I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah? Yeah, it's been yeah. great. Was this a weird day for you? We got we got into some weird rabbit holes. It was good. It oh, it was good. I didn't know where this was where this was gonna go. I I had I texted Alex. I said I know he's a firefighter. I know that he does possibly high rocks, and that's about the information that I got of. That's all you but need. Banger of a of a thumbnail that he came up with. I think it was you yeah. in a chicken suit with a with a cowboy <laughs> hat on. I was like. Did, did he just post Hunter? Because I thought that was a Hunter picture. But <laughs> by God, that was a Chris Woolery picture. Yeah, that's why that's why Hunter and I get on so well. We have that, you know. We like to dress up and work hard and have fun. Peacocking. Dude, I just yeah. cleaned out my closet behind me. Uh, I was cleaning out my closet because I'm moving over to the apartment next door. And I have so many weird things in that closet that I haven't touched in years. Outfits, everything. Um, let me just bang this up real quick. Cause we had questions for you. Um, is rich Ryan as big as a dickhead is in real life as he appears constantly whining and bitching. That is from Wheelow 1983. That's not directed at you, but, um, I think everybody just seems to be a bitch on the internet. I don't have any issues with rich Ryan other than the fact that he does complain a lot about, um, it does complain a lot about the high rocks thing. I don't like people to complain. I like people to get shit done. I can't stand it anymore. I mean, we're we're all athletes. We're all coming to the start line. We're not we're not there the day before choosing the turf, choosing the sleds. We're just turning up and racing. I think it's it is it is frustrating to not have you know that standardization. But just turn up and race, and what happens happens. It's out of your control. You know, just do what you can on the day. Yeah. Do you use any special kind of devices uh, to track all your training? It looks like you wear the aura ring. The ring. Do you, uh, do you put, that, do you put I, that around your shaft ever? I uh, <laughs> that's just the mustache length, thick, thickness, uh, vascularity, and 
just taste. I mean, sometimes there's too much flavor on it and this is just, you know, beef. So I just have to give it a little trim, give it a little clean. Um, I mean, I had this for a few years. I really got this being a firefighter and having those bad sleep patterns. So I used to sleep sometimes one hour a night and it did help me to be a better sleeper. So this, the only reason I have this is to be a better sleeper and sleep more. Uh, I don't really look at HRV or uh, any of that. I just go, you know, to a Garmin watch tracks your sleep as well. Why, why, okay, do you battle or do, do you put up left and right like my Aurora Corp? Aurora, whatever no. you call it, uh, gave me this type of sleep. Uh, Garmin gave me this type of sleep, and then you average them. No, this Aura is just more accurate. And I mean, mm. I I went from having some pretty bad sleep patterns and catching up on that sleep just to get in the sleep in. That's why I had it. So that it made me a better sleeper. Um, I'm getting like two and a half hours of REM every night. I started tracking it because I see Austin posted every Ooh. every day. And it's either REM or light sleep. I go a little bit into deep, but it's either REM or light. So you're sleeping like a baby. I mean, REM REM's the emotional recovery and the deep sleep's the physical. So your mm, mental I'm state. not getting any. You know what's great, great, dude, is I've been waking up with boners that could tear a building down. <laughs> you know what? Like I, They would use me like a wrecking ball to tear down those uh, buildings in Vegas. They just tie me to a big steel cable and have me come with a erection and knock the building down. I think Dane Cooks talks about it, but it's one of those. It was it's it's good enough to where you could put a little peanut on it and then make it like a springboard. It's like boom, oh, me, dude. <laughs> I could launch a rocket ship into space off this thing. It is Ooh. dangerous. <laughs> Talking about OnlyFans, Hunter exposed uh, right here that he's going to, going to be uh, introducing his own OnlyFans. Um, Dude, I'd, I'd make so much money. It would distract from everything else we're doing. I would never train <laughs> high rocks ever again. I would be, I'd fly to places in helicopters all the time. This, this Johnson is famous. Cover um, yourself and run the next high rocks full honey, little short shorts and ooh. just full honey. So you're just a sticky mess. Dude, I would love that mess with my competitors. Uh, let me ask another one here. What do you think the difference between um, somebody who's above and uh, and just under sixty minutes? Mm. I think, and I mean, it's you're talking about myself here. You know, I've, I've been hovering around that 61, 62 mark, knocked under fifty nine for the first time. Um, I think it's really getting. You really need to work on that that max strength. You need to have a really good solid strength uh, foundation, but then you need you need to be aware of your aerobic base work. Like you need to get those miles, and you need to get that you know that zone two, zone three training in. Know where your thresholds are, and you just need to step up that training and increase that. You know more base training, more aerobic volume, and probably move from that eight to twelve, eight to ten hours a week to ten to fifteen hours a week. So it's just bumping up that training level i mean i've seen it you know when i when i run and do five to seven hours endurance a week i'm very different to 10 to 11 so it's just inc incorporating more of that base work and you know i tried to have this conversation with rich and he just like wasn't having it you mean increasing your vol total volume in the right way no, Rich Diaz, like he was just like, oh. drop your intensity and, and drop your volume and just increase your intensity. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to dig it. I don't think it'll work. I, I, I listened to that and I was, you know, I, I like a lot of what Rich does and especially his cadence work. You know, I, I used to early on, you know, focusing on that 180, running on the treadmill after heavy deadlifts, 
you know, getting into that mechanical skills development's great. But when he said for you to cut your bike volume and that that base work, I feel like you're just going to go to shit if you do that. I mean, I know lately I've been incorporating more base work, more ergs, more mountain biking, more stair climbing, you know, easy stair, 60 minutes, find a staircase, up and down, weight vest, no weight vest, 60 to 80% of max heart rate. And the level of ability to, you know, use oxygen and clear lactate later on and not have impact through high volume running just goes through the roof. So I would not be cutting out your bike volume at all. And I don't think you're going to do it either. No, no, I'm not listening to that turd. What, um, how do you feel about, uh, from Jay Sun Argo, do you do any specific kind of breath work? Hmm. I have. Like I think the Wimhoff? Yeah, I've used, I've used Wimhoff, I think, but I think, um, I mean, I, I use like a 10, a 10 to 15 minute kind of meditation app each day. That's, that's kind of nice body in that kind of box breathing gets you into that parasympathetic state and overall i've seen huge huge help and work with um using meditation and that box kind of breathing you know when we're on the way to a fire call i'll drop down into that box breathing you know inhale hold exhale hold and it just puts you in that calm state and i think we're so highly sympathetic in our training that we need to be able to revert back to that you know parasympathetic rest and digest um is that to calm your nerves when you're going to the bot? Like, obviously, it's an adrenaline rush. Like, you're going out for it. And then it's the, like the baseline you so you aren't so hyped going into it and you can clearly focus. And then my second question is, with uh, meditation, do you do TM? Transcendental. Trans- Transcendental, yeah. Yeah, I so repeating that word, I do sometimes. I, I do sometimes where you start at the top, come all the way down the body, you know, fill the body with light, all that kind of stuff. But... I know personally, I've had people look at me and go, you know, my, my ex was like, you know, have you, are you, are you all right? Have you meditated? And I was like, you know, I'm like a different person. So meditation's a big thing. And then, I mean, you can, you can, you can play around with, you know, using nasal breathing while you're running. I've used it a little bit, but haven't seen much overall benefit. Um, you know, using ca- a rhythmic cadence breathing when you're doing threshold work, you know, breathing, you know, two in, two out at 180 beats per minute, getting control of your breath while you're, while you're working hard. Sort of know when you're at that lactate threshold. Guys like Chris Hinshaw use a lot of that. I learn off that off them. Um, but I definitely incorporate and I'm aware of the breath. It's quite good. Um, can you guys hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have trouble with the breath stuff. There's things that I've learned. The only thing I've really ever done with the breathwork stuff that's like really made me better is like hanging upside down. Sometimes before I exercise, I'll just kind of like start stretching out and like opening up my diaphragm. Cause I'll admit, dude, like I used to train so hard that I would like have chest pains at night. Cause the amount of just like volume and tension, I almost just try to open up my diaphragm and with like broomsticks and do big breaths before I train because your muscular tissue, just because we're always like this all the time, open it the hell up and uh, get yourself in there. And I'll do some like big breaths before big lifts just to activate myself, but no magic to it. No magic. I, I, I got a question I for you guys because I've never done anything. I, the only reason I know about the transcendental, I listen to Howard Stern a lot and he talks about it all the time, but if, 
like baseline beginner, where would you start to to learn about either the box breath or the other type of breath that you were talking about? Open up diet. Like, where would you start on that? Just get these apps, dude. Like this yeah. Mine app. YouTube. Go on YouTube and Fitmind? search. Yeah, Fitmind or they're all pretty good. Huh. They're all mm -hmm. free apps. Go on YouTube and um, just search 10 minute um, meditation. And someone will talk you through a 10 minute meditation. Search box breathing. They'll talk you through a 10 minute box breathing and just, just incorporate it once a day and get it early on in the day. Because when you start meditating, if you do it in the Arvo, your mind's all over the shop. But, you know, five to mm -hmm. 10 minutes, even a few minutes, just sit down with that same word, calm, two minutes, start of the day, get your body and mind to it. Yeah. All right. There we go. All right, guys, I got to leave on this. Uh, we will see you guys probably on Thursday. Another thing I want to say is thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in always, guys. Like, the most important thing that we can do here is if you guys give us feedback, we can, we can have direction with this thing. Because it's mm -hmm. right now just Ryan and I having a good time connecting with our bros. So we always appreciate feedback. Always go to the notes, guys. Leave us reviews. Leave us comments below the shows on YouTube so we know which way to go. Yeah, uh, we're on uh, Spotify and Apple, so please go in there. Uh, what, what's it called? Just hit the hit the uh, comment button on subscribe to it. So every single time that we put this out, it downloaded into your library. We have thousands of people watching this thing, and we have like twenty reviews. Quit being lazy, shits. <laughs> go in yeah. there, click that five star button if you. Yeah, if, if you Chris think Johnson doesn't leave a review, star. I'm never going to help you out, Chris Johnson. You ask oh, two questions, Chris. and you're not going to leave me one review. Jeffrey Basales, you're not going to leave me a review? Aisha, you ain't going to leave me a review? <laughs> I'll, leave Aisha, I'll leave you. Aisha passed in me by. Yeah. You know All right, guys. Song. I had a really good time. Um, always ask questions. I will. I'm on Facebook right now in the car. Crash your damn okay. car and leave a review. All right? Take Text a risk. Drive. It's always a good idea. Yeah. Bunch of damn haters. That's what I say, Jared Baraksia. All right? We can't spell your name properly because it's impossible to pronounce. All right, guys. I'm out of here. I got to go to the chili cook-off. Mm. Right? I'm Thank loving that. It's going to be chilly weather here pretty hey, soon. Don't be a bitch. Elite 15. Coming for it. I'll take Murph. Then we'll go Elite 15. Let's do it. All right, guys. We're over out. See ya. Thanks, Later, boys. Honey. Love you.